0: Welcome to Divine Through Line. I'm Ma Ananda Srimati, sometimes known as Julie Pyatt, and I'm here to share with you musings and perspectives on what it really truly means to live a life divine. Thank you so much for joining me. Hey, you guys, welcome to the show. It's so lovely to be with you here sharing musings and perspectives on uh, how do we access the divine part of our life uh, to really tap into the fact that we are spiritual beings having a human experience and not the other way around. Um, I'm really, really happy and blessed to be here with you. Um, I have to say I'm in the middle of my book launch. Um, I have my book, This Cheese is Nuts, Delicious Vegan Cheese at Home, which is coming out on June 13th. And I've been in the throes of um, sort of marketing and book promotion and um, brainstorming and strategy. And I so miss being in uh, the space of spiritual connection and expansion and releasing and magnetizing and meditating. So I'm really drinking this episode up. Um, So expect me to be enjoying this one deeply. I'm going to take a sip of my tea right now. Today, it's not actually poor tea, it's yogi tea. And you know, I didn't know until recently that yogi bhajan is the one who launched yogi tea. I had no idea it was a kundalini uh, uh, expression. Um, But anyway, Guru Singh told that story in his class a couple weeks ago. And anyway, today I'm drinking throat coat. Um, I've had the uh, interesting experience of coming down with some kind of chest cold, and it affected me so much that I actually missed teaching at the Vest VEG Fest in LA on Sunday. If any of you guys went out, I'm really sorry. I literally could not stand up on Sunday morning. So I have been uh, working and trying to rest, and as most of us do, got up too quickly. And um, it's uh, It seems as if I'm not healing as quickly as I would like to. So I'm actually recording this week's podcast from my very own bed. Imagine that. I feel a little bit like Hugh Hefner, except I don't sleep in pajamas um, and certainly not silk pajamas as he Likes to rock on most occasions, actually. So, anyway, kind of a funny situation. But I need to try to rest, and I really would like to communicate and get this podcast out um, for all of us, for me as much as you. So you could say it's 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 a selfish act um, that I wanted to create a podcast today and, and dive into some of these questions. You know, um, I actually Instagrammed on my Insta story. Um, two topics that i was kicking around and one was basically waste and elimination in our life uh, and i'm going to dive into that but i also mentioned what about the marketing or the spirituality of marketing or the marketing of spirituality and you know i have to say it's uh, it's something that i'm i am uh, always balancing i feel like i'm surfing different ways waves and different perspectives in that arena and uh, I did write a little bit about it, and I gave a talk actually in miami um and you know posted that on the podcast. It's some episodes back about um you know how to create a- an authentic brand. so some of this is kind of buried inside of there, and now I'm being faced with it you know firsthand and you know it's this incredible balance of uh there is a world that is in dire need of uh, of transformation. and um, as uh, beings that are on the path to uh, carry this torch or carry a, a lantern of greater awareness and connecting us with our greater essence, um, there is no time for rest. this is this is a time to, give all of yourself in whatever way you were created um, for the ultimate service of the whole collective, which gets to be a little bit tricky sometimes because from our human perspective, how can we really know what is the ultimate action, you know, at any given, at any given fork in the road or at any given point? Um, And this is why in my own life, uh, I am, I have immersed myself in something that I call extreme faith because Um, At the beginning of every day, I dedicate my life to the force of creation that is breathing all of us. Um, And at the end of my day, I offer my life back to that force. And the more that I can become empty, the more that I can become like a channel for that force, I think the more effective that I can be and possibly clear I can be. However, at the same time, at the same time that we all originate from this one force, this one unified, expansive, incomprehensible force, um, we are all individualized in very unique ways, very specifically. And so um, we all, finding our authentic voice, finding what is resonant and true for us, what is in our hearts, um, the things that brought us joy, that were natural to us, that seemed in alignment with us when we were very young children um, is a a wonderful uh, avenue and a, a wonderful gift and a way to honor creation and to honor God or that force is to truly, truly be your unique self. So let's just discuss for a minute, how do we approach that when here I am, I'm a you know, spiritual guide of sorts. I mean, I do many, many things, but I have to say through all of my offerings, whether it's, um, uh, you know, in relationship or being a mother of four kids or uh, whether I'm creating music or art, it, uh, everything in my life starts with a deep connection to spirit. And it's all sort of for the point of medicine. It's for the point of healing in some way, some form. Um, and, uh, and yet here I am. I, ha- I am now, this is my first solo book. So I'm a published author and uh, I'm getting ready to release my first solo book, This Cheese is Nuts, as I already said. And uh, I want to make sure that I've seen to all aspects of this creation so that all of my efforts and all of the experiences around the creation of this book and the Shakti and the energy can be shared and can actually have legs and get out there. And so it's a constant um, uh, sort of reflection and realignment and um, assessment of what opportunities are you reaching out for? Um, what type of uh, channels, people, um, publications, shows, etc., are you aligning with? Um, and what is the balance? Like, what is the balance of exertion and then relaxation? You know, as Guru Singh says often in his class, he's talking about how both, you know, both actions are taking place it's like you exert and then you relax and then you rest in neutral there's a third triangulation in that process and this is something that I've experienced very viscerally in my life and also studied with many teachers with you know Lisa Renee and the guardian races in it in a very very vast way about really the power of neutrality and this is why I speak to this when we're uh, being agents of change and we're standing for transformation or we want to heal or transform anything. This power of neutrality is very, very wise. It's kind of the empty, the void, the zero point where uh, everything that's beyond uh, our physical experience, beyond the things that we know can come in and can work in divine ways. So, um, it's been interesting. I've been just, uh, sort of laying out a master plan. I'd say that in my assessment, I think I've had, uh, an over amount of exertion. Um, Rich and I were in Miami also last week, uh, to do, uh, a couple events and this on top of five, six hour strategy me- meetings, um, is very taxing to me. It's, um, it's, it's, uh, it's energetically a lot because if I look at something or something comes in front of my view, a part of my consciousness is way, is centered on that, is, is left there. And so where I'm at right now is I have a lot of stuff up on the board, like a lot of things thrown out. And, um, hopefully in the next couple of days, I'm going to get into a refinement where I'm actually eliminating and I can focus on a specific set of actions that I'm going to take moving forward. But I have to say that um, I really am aware and reminded that I need the rest and relaxation. I need the complete letting go as well. And I have no no ego attachment to what happens to this book, to any titles earned or positions gained. Um, I am of service to Divine Mother as she is working through me, to get this book to as many people um, who it would be of healing assistance to, who would enjoy it, who would experience an expansion with their families. Um, I am here for the long haul (laughs) of this life and and also uh, come from, we all come from many faraway places and there will be more after this life. So I am... Uh, I'm here in service and released in surrender, uh, but rooted in deep devotion for the reach of this book. And I I do want to be able to say to myself and know to myself that I thought about every single uh, angle, that I meditated on it, that I tried to offer things that would be of greatest value to people. And uh, anyway, I'm super, super proud of this book. Um, Starting next week on the 15th, um, you're going to see a lot of food from me. I've been kind of laying off on Instagram and, and chilling out a little bit. I also am not a huge, I haven't been insta storying that much, and I don't video that much. And part of it is um, my being is, you know, I have two feelings about social media. One is, isn't it just freaking awesome that we're connecting over this medium? And how many of you that I've met and that we've had these interactions and that, uh, whatever information is coming through me has been, you know, uh, helpful to you or supportive to you. And then so many of you, when I've had a down day or I'm struggling in my own life will reach out to me and you're my voice of God. You're my, my little nudge, keep going. You know, uh, I think all of us go through times in our lives where we feel like, you know, like really does it really matter, like in the scheme of things. <laughs> and um, and so anyway, it's nice that we provide that back and forth for each other um, and that we understand that we're all, you know, in this together and we're all expanding and growing in different ways and different levels of awareness, but that this awakening is happening. Um so anyway, I, I guess I'm just going to let you guys know. You'll have to see as I go through it, but you're going to see a lot more videos from me. I've got a lot of content that are, that's ready to be released now, and it's going to seem like a lot um, to a lot of people, uh, but you have to realize that I've been working on these projects for many, many years. Um, I, as I've told you before, I thought I was going to be coming out with all of this when I was 30, so I'm 24 years late No, not really, not really late. But anyway, there's a lot of stuff. So um, I've been waiting to do the last voiceover on my yoga video, waiting for my voice to heal. And you can hear it's not ready yet, so I can't do that. And uh, I finished my first music video and it's gorgeous. Uh, I collaborated with this amazing um, video director, Avery Wheelis, who is a beautiful young, fine artist. And uh, anyway, I'm super happy we're going to be doing more. And because I've got so much around the cheese book, um, I'm just going to focus on that for right now. You guys are going to hear so much about cheese and so much about all of that. Um, But it's important in our lives. And also I wanted to mention uh, this one aspect around marketing just before I move off into this other subject of elimination. And that is that I find that in spiritual um, context or spiritual circles, we seem to have some sort of implant. It's probably from real experience that as soon as somebody that's in a spiritual field is making money, um, we are programmed to not trust them or to judge them or uh, somehow we got in our minds that um, people that share spiritual healing, spiritual knowledge, um, that it should be free. Um, and maybe we have, you know, trauma from having given, you know, tithed in churches and, you know, I don't know what it is, but I think it is, it's an implant in the grid. Like it, it literally exists within all of us. And, um, I just want to make the point that, uh, we need to examine why we feel it's okay for doctors or dentists, um, or lawyers or, every other kind of, uh, you know, business venture to make loads of money. Um, But yet when a spiritual teacher has a rate, our mind immediately goes to, oh, well, that's too expensive. (laughs) When uh, it's because we are not valuing that spiritual part of our existence the same way. We're, We're out of touch with the fact that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. Now, that being said, um, I know in, in all of my experience, the healers that I went to see that any of them that tried to create a hook that would prevent a return pattern. So I view this, and some yoga teachers are going to maybe be a little ruffled by this perception, but in my experience in yoga class, I have noticed various yoga teachers making it a point to physically touch every student in the class. And while this is beautiful and touch is beautiful and this connection is beautiful, I think that there is a motive that needs to be looked at. So is the teacher really touching just because that student needs it, which would make me question it because why would every student need it, every class? Or is there something the teacher needs to get out of it from the student feeling that they were able to give something, that they needed to touch the student? Um, I think that when you set up a connection um, and when somebody maybe is lost or hurting and if you physically touch them and you set up a subtle kind of energetic um, that that is a lead, that is leading them back to your class... It's something that I would question. It's something I don't do. Um, I feel like um, different healers that have worked with me, the ones that would say to me things like, "Well, you need ten more sessions and then you'll be clear." That's the type of stuff that I think you need to look at. And if you have a yoga situation where you have a teacher that is, you know, you know what I'm talking about. You you can feel it. It can be felt that is touching you with a message that is beyond namaste, um, you know what it is. And if that is going on in yoga, which goes on a lot in yoga, and I'm speaking from many, many years of experience, um, you might want to notice that there is an imbalance there and maybe um, shift your energetics and... Um, not participate in it in in any way. Uh, maybe ask permission if it's okay to touch your students. Um, and a lot of, a lot of yoga teachers do do that, which is really really nice. Or maybe if you're a healer, what I do when I do I do very limited healing sessions. But when I do that, I never set up a repeat. Um, I'll never set up a re- repeat appointment for anybody. So I leave it on the student on the client. They have to contact me for additional healing because I, I don't want to ever participate in any connection to the monetary exchange that comes as a as a as a point of healing. So again, um in a spiritual world, as spiritual beings having human experience, we live in a world that requires money. And in order to change the world, we have to be well and able and whole and functioning. So money is just an aspect of spirituality. It is. Um, however uh, there are many other intricacies uh, to look at within it and I think that we have the opportunity to always check ourselves and see um, where we are in alignment and that's where these three questions come in really really handy and the first one is what am I doing why am I doing it and is it in the highest divine alignment so those are Three really great check questions that um, have helped me over the years, and I may help you to discern uh, and make your way through. You know our our sort of ambitions and perspectives and things that need to be cleared from us before we truly, truly can be um, of healing service. But at the same time, we all need to begin exactly where we are right now because you're perfectly, you've been perfectly placed in that position. And there is no time like the present moment. I wanted to share an excerpt from Guru Singh's book, Infinite Zero. Everything comes from nothing. There's a sensation that the great mystics and masters called the fraud factor, the sensation that you're knowing something that you couldn't know saying something that you shouldn't teach, and growing in wisdom and knowledge beyond acceptability. This is the sensation set in place by the governing mechanisms of evolution so that existence grows at a reasonable and programmable rate. But when you've been incarnating all over the cosmos, through all the universes, throughout the megaverses, and the megaverses throughout the multiverse, you're not about to slow down. You're not going to be reasonable in your wisdom. This earth is in need of unreasonable wisdom. This is the moment you're experiencing. This is the moment evolution requires. This is the time to break through your fraud factor, in quotes, and be your remarkable self. Think about it. A baby bird never knows there's a shell until it gets so large that the shell is too small. At that moment of realization, when the bird experiences the limits of the shell, it panics and the panic cracks the shell. Born into a new world beyond the limits of the egg, propelled by its panic, plus an unreasonable effort it didn't know it possessed. In this unfamiliarity, it experiences the fraud factor. Was that all right? Is this okay? Where's the permission to have this new experience? All of these questions plague every creature right after a breakthrough. And it's the anticipation of this sense of fraudulence that causes the hesitation to make unreasonable efforts, always right at the threshold of your greatness. You're the ones. You've been all over the cosmos. You're here to teach and lift and create prosperity on this challenged earth. You're the ones with the answers, even the ones that you don't know you know, the ones far beyond the knowing of anyone who's ever gone before. You know beyond the egg. Our prayer is that you face the fraud factors in your fast growth moments with an attitude that they're just expected Treat them as a signal that you're in the right place, on the right path, and when you're not experiencing them, relax. You're not at capacity, but you will be again. That's just a little sample of some of the magnificent teachings offered by Guru Singh and his beloved Guru Prakarmakar. Guru Singh is now available for all of us online anytime Um, I'm really extremely pleased, it's a beautiful gift to all of us, that he is available online and that we can find him and access his teachings wherever we are. Guru Singh is the dope guru, as I've coined him. He is uh, accessible, completely non-denominational, so very human, and in that humanity extremely divine and expanded. You can find his teachings at Guru Singh, that's G-U-R-U-S-I-N-G-H dot teachable.com. Guru Singh is now available whenever or wherever you are. Really, really check him out. Um, It's really a true gift to have access to his amazing teachings And I highly suggest uh, when you're in that moment of deciding whether to watch a movie, um, although I'm a fan of movies, of course, we do need our creativity in our lives and and I do enjoy uh, artistic expression in that medium, but maybe consider cutting out something that maybe really isn't serving you and uh, devote a little time to studying uh, the teachings that Guru Singh is sharing. So before we move on to the next uh, topic of this podcast, I wanted to take a moment and I wanted to thank many of you. Um, I have such a beautiful group on Patreon and I just wanted to take a moment and thank you all by name. So it's going to take just a moment, but I'm just going to mention you by first name. So I just want to extend my immense gratitude to Keisha, Jennifer, Susan, thank you, to Sterling, to Kate, Christy, Amanda, Soko, Molly, Rose, Laura, Barbara, Anna, Dawn, thank you so much, darling. Uh, Janine, Yogi Try, thank you so much for your support, Willa, Paige, Zelina, Julia, and the other Julia, Rebecca, Michelle, Emily, Derek, Maria, Sarah, Tara, Jennifer, Rihanna, Isaac, Melissa, Alan, Baha, and Shayna, no, Shayna, sorry, Shayna, Valeria, and Jethro. So, you guys, thank you so much for being with me on Patreon. It makes all the difference. i um, extremely grateful to have you um, in my life and uh, to be able to share with your generous support. On the PayPal front, I just want to thank uh, you guys for being with me and helping me so much. Um, Just want to give a quick shout out to Leanne, Tara, Karen, Amanda, Diana, thank you so much for your generous support, Jennifer, Karen, Kathleen, Heidi, And um, let me go back a little bit more than that because I've been traveling and we have um, Carrie, uh, Kristen, Jennifer, Sydney, Mara, Astrid, Karen again, uh, Sion and Jethro again. Uh, We saw you over on Patreon as well. So anyway, thank you guys so much. Um, deeply, deeply appreciate you. Um, you're a blessing to the show. So thank you. Um, okay, so now moving on to this other topic of elimination that I've been kicking around for a while. And, you know, a lot of times people come to me and they ask me, uh, what is my my biggest health secret? Um, how have I stayed so healthy and been able to also heal myself of disease through food? and i'm not sure i don't remember if i told the short the this story before and i'm sure you guys if you listen to the show i'm sure i repeat i repeat myself so i'm sorry about that but um i i just don't remember if i talked about it before uh, so i'll just give a little brief history about my healing this cyst in my neck um i developed a thyroglossal duct cyst in my neck after the birth of my fourth child And it was diagnosed uncurable by various uh, surgeons. And I was basically laughed out of their office, you know, sort of sweetly patted on the head. When I told them that I, you know, really wanted to employ alternative methods, they were convinced that I would not be able to heal this cyst. And it was a golf ball-sized cyst in the front of my neck. This was my first introduction to food and to experiencing the healing properties of food as connection to mana or prana in the body. And I think I was disconnected from this in my early life uh, for a couple reasons. One is that I was the fifth child and my mom went back to work when I was growing up and I pretty much had to fend for myself. So there was not really a lot of home-cooked food going on, probably an introduction to more processed things and things like that. Um, I also was raised on game meat in Alaska. So uh, that probably was maybe not as bad as processed food, but energetically um, was not where I am now and and not a method that I would employ uh, to actually heal the body temple. So as my travels led me into rediscovering yoga this lifetime and stepping into that practice, this desire to eat processed food, to drink wine, to drink coffee... Um, And to eat meat um, simply fell away from me and I no longer desired them. Um, That being said, I developed this imbalance um, kind of in the middle of this process. I I had been eating meat into my early 20s, um, actually even mid and late 20s. Um, So when I developed this condition, I had really a gift and an opportunity to explore the healing possibilities around this. And I have to say that in my entire life of being raised and eating food, it was never taught or pointed out to, or there was never a connection made to how something digests through your system and what is the process of elimination and what role does it play in, you know, the way the body functions. It was just sort of like, not talked about, and you know, I don't know. When I before I got into Ayurveda, it's not like I had a lot of conversations about people's bowel movements, and not like I have that many conversations about them now. But the reason that I wanted to talk about this is that I feel like this is a key issue that we are missing in our society, and that if we all you know, had a little bit of more awareness around this. And I don't mean like in a, in a neurotic way to be, you know, fixated on it and then cause issues, but to actually know what your body needs in order for it to flow, uh, you know, the, and eliminate what it doesn't need and have your entire intestines working properly. So being a vata type um, constitution, which is uh, an Ayurvedic dosha or quality of different types of human, um, what I want to say, like genetics really, uh, they actually qualify the body in three different qualities. Uh, You can be vata, pitta or kapha. And I won't get into the qualities of these. And if you find a quiz in a fashion magazine, you will be more confused than before you took the quiz. So if you're interested in learning about Ayurveda, you have to go deeper into the aspects of it. Um, Anything written by Dr. Vasant Lad is very, very good. As well, Swami Vidya has an amazing workbook um, called Life Prana Workbook. And you can get that on his website um, swamahiman.org that's a really hard one anyway I'll I'll, uh, find it and provide that later but I guess what I want to say is have you guys ever thought about it and are you in touch with that and are you having bowel movements on a regular basis is what you're eating digesting through your body and I'm including smoothies I'm including uh, even raw food I'm including all types of food So are you really making that connection between your body eliminating? Um, It's very, very important for some of us, actually for all of us. And my friend Jennifer Ayers, who uh, promised me she was going to come on the podcast and talk about this, she's actually living in Jackson Hole right now. So um, someday, hopefully I'll get her on. But we were talking about, she was telling me in Ayurvedic school and college that all you do is talk about what people's bowel movements look like because what matters is what is happening with the food that you are eating. If we really, really tune into the fact that whatever we're putting in our body is meant to fuel or uh, support this amazing temple that houses this immense spirit that has so much work here to do on planet earth. And in all of my experience and all of my travels, I have found that sort of overwhelmingly the wisdom is that a vegetarian, even vegan, nonviolent diet is the diet that is the highest vibration and is really how we should be living on the planet. It's the one diet that supports all the areas of transformation that are deeply, deeply needed at this moment. It's no longer uh, even... Uh, It shouldn't even be a a, a pushback against it. It has nothing to do with what your taste buds like. It has nothing to do with what you're accustomed to eating. It has to do with the survival of the planet, with the state of the environment, with the amount of violence that exists on planet Earth. Um, We are torturing and murdering animals at an alarming rate in the most disgusting heinous, torturous ways. And it's not popular to talk about it. People don't want to talk about it. They just want to go eat their bacon. And it's, we're coming to a point in time where we all need to grow up. We're all not in kindergarten anymore. I mean, when I had this cyst in my neck and I was very, very sick, you know, I didn't want to drink smelly herbs every night either that tastes like dirt and sewage and sulfur. You know, that I would have rather had a piece of chocolate cake, but in order for me to fulfill my mission, I had to make a commitment to something with all the faith that I had with consistent action, and I had to work to refine my experience. And so I'm not asking for everybody to be perfect. I'm not here to judge anybody. I don't judge myself for my own journey into wellness or into this stage of wellness. And this is another thing that I want to talk about because I'm a vegan chef, I'm a plant-based chef, and I'm a, I'm a published author, and I have another big book coming up after this, which is, after this cheese is Nuts, which is Plant Power Italia, and it's extraordinary. The food opportunities in Italian are just amazing, and it's a really fun, vibrant, amazing, creative playground to play in. And if I can spread this message and give you guys tools And recipes and techniques that are simple, that are modern, that are creative, that taste amazing, and things you can incorporate into your life. It's a way of me to share my Shakti, to share my energy with you. Um, This is a spiritual essence that's coming through these recipes. Um, In addition, we are saving our beautiful animals that are sentient feeling beings that we have no right to harm them. And uh, we are not without consequence from our collective participation in this condition on planet Earth. Um, and in addition, by eating plant-based, we are saving thousands of gallons of water, thousands and thousands. And um, we're saving a life. Um, we're, we're contributing to a way of eating where we can feed all of our brothers and sisters so now let's move our focus to the fact that we have fellow humans that are starving on planet Earth all over the world. We have enough food to feed them. It's not a quantity uh, problem. It's a distribution problem and uh, largely you know, motivated by money and greed and a very, very uh, serious disconnection from who we are as a species and to what is truly residing in our heart and to everybody who feels entitled to, um, you know, to continue to eat in ways that are not sustainable and that are participating in violence. um, I feel that if we had to truly um, source our food organically, like let's say, let's just say that you... Are a person that feels that you have to have meat. Um, I feel the disconnect is buying it in a package on a shelf. Okay, so that's the, one thing that I had a great amount of respect for my father for is that at least he knew what he was eating. You know, at least he knew if he was gonna eat a moose, he would shoot it and skin it and cut it up and carry it on his back. And I would say that that would be a very good contact with what you're eating. You now he still chose to eat it, that was his lifestyle. That was something that he connected with. But I find that to be a greater level of alignment than somebody going in shopping, you know, and buying something off the shelf. Um, Because I don't think that that level of violence is something that everyone can get involved in uh, and be without consequence. And so as part of my contribution, the way that um, I've been placed in this position by, you know, my life, a series of events that have led me to this place. I've been creating food. I've been creating, uh, vegan, sustainable, compassionate family recipes. And I know that they have been extremely helpful to many. They've been very instrumental and helpful to us and our own family. And, uh, you know, gathering around food, around the family table is a wonderful experience of what it means to be in a human body um, at a certain level of experience. Uh, but what I also want to say, um, and let me just say, and so, you know, this is going to be my work in the coming in the coming months and years, uh, I will be involved in food in this section of my life. Um, I won't be doing this forever. This is an interim sort of offering uh, before I move on into other other areas of of sharing experience. Um, But what I want to say is that, uh, you know, in addition, um, a, a diet is not an answer to your quest of what it means to be a human being. And so I think there's a lot of back and forth about, you know, well, my diet is good or paleo is the right diet or veganism is the right diet or vegetarianism or, you know, we're omnivores or what everybody's saying about all these different lifestyles. And... You know, everything is a stage of a development or a step in, a, in the road of becoming aware. But I offer all of this knowing that just because you become plant-based, it is not a license to, you know, immortality in the current paradigm And what I am aware of is that we are evolving as a species and we are starting to wake up in ways. Some of us are starting to reawaken certain strands of DNA and threads, and we are starting to open and uh, reunite and reconnect with abilities to uh, sustain ourselves through prana, through breath, um, and also through direct sunlight. And so... You know, this is a moment in the path on this crazy odyssey that we are on planet Earth. I do really, really feel that the plant-based diet is the only diet that will sustain us at this level of what is going on in the planet with global warming, with the environment, with our animals, with the dead zones being created in the oceans from the fecal runoff um, of industrial farming. Um, we really need to to wake up. Um, so uh, I offer this with love, but I'm also speaking out very, very clearly. Of course, if you have a medical condition um, where you feel you need meat as medicine, um, then uh, I will, you know, hope that you are ingesting that meat as medicine, which would mean that you would get it in a sustainable way if there really is one. Um, you would recognize the violence uh, which that animal endured for your health, and you would receive it in this sacred manner. Um, if you're doing that, then, you know, then that's a process. And um again, you know, really, really, we just don't have a choice. We just don't have a choice. so if you if you if I've said some things that have pushed some buttons for you, um if you're having a hard time going plant-based, I hope you'll pick up my books, which you know you guys know about, The Plant Power Way, and then This Cheese is Nuts, which you'll be hearing all kinds of stuff about. So I spent a lot of time creating amazing cheese recipes, all out of nuts, whole foods. Um, I even have an allergy-free section uh, in this book. Um, and I also hope you'll watch these two films, Cowspiracy and What the Health, um, by uh, Kip Anderson and Keegan Kuhn two amazing young filmmakers that have really, really made a splash and made a difference. Uh, One or both of these films are available on Netflix. Otherwise, Google it. Find out a way to see them. Um, Their uh, experience is backed up by lots of checked information, um, all vetted information, and also backed up by scientists and physicians, and uh, they've done an amazing job. So anyway, together we can make a difference. Uh, You're going to be hearing a lot from me in the coming months about uh, plant-based cheese. Uh, Of course, it will always be in the arms of uh, spiritual wisdom and sharing. And once again, I greatly, greatly appreciate this opportunity to share with you in this way. it's kind of funny that I talked about elimination and health, and I'm you know, under the weather today, but uh, hey, that's the way it goes. And I'm gonna give you my my tip. okay? These are the two, well, there are three things um, that sustain elimination that are key. And the first thing is, upon waking in the morning, drink a huge glass. I'm talking about sixteen ounces or maybe twenty four ounces of warm water. This is water that's been boiled on the stove, get filtered water, three quarters of the glass and add a quarter of boiled water on top of it. You want it to be as warm as your body and then guzzle that as a flush. Simply drink it first thing and let it begin your body in moving and eliminating the toxins that it's been absorbing during the night. The second thing is, is before bed, there are two um, supplements that are crucial in my health routine. One of them is called triphala. It's an Ayurvedic herb, and it's believed to be one of the most sacred, powerful herbs that exists on planet Earth. It is made up of three different herbs, which is why they call it triphala, triphala. And you spell it T-R-I-P-H-A-L-A. If you want to get more Ayurvedic support for any ailment that you have, you should go to ayurveda.com and consult with Dr. Ladd and get their advice on what you should be taking. However, they have a saying in India that says if somebody's mother dies, then it's not a complete loss because Trifila exists. So triphala is something that is prescribed for many, many different things. One of the things is elimination and digestion. I took a ton of triphala when I was healing my cyst. It is a very astringent taste, which is a very odd feeling in our mouth. We never have this astringent taste. Um, It kind of makes your tongue, um, I want to say, like kind of, it gets like restricted. It's a very odd feeling, But it is one of the tastes uh, that a human being needs in its diet. So uh, get triphala. I recommend taking a warm cup at night with a teaspoon, letting it seep in boiling water and guzzling it because it does not taste good. Leave the powder in the bottom, but guzzle the good uh, liquor that forms from steaming this triphala. That's a true good Ayurvedic dose that will heal many, many things uh, in your body. The second thing is, is I keep a natural calm on hand for me, always. Uh, natural calm is a magnesium supplement. It's extremely good for re- relaxation, for digestion, and also um, for sleep. Um, I have a very um, delicate digestive system, which does not move that easily. So... I can take pretty high doses of my magnesium at different times and it does little for me, little to me. So be careful if you have a very um, highly flowing digestive system because magnesium will make your bowels move. So you're going to have to feel that out. Um, and I do find from day to day, depending on what's going on energetically, is my dose is not consistent. Like I, I have to really intuitively feel in. Some days I can take two tablespoons, which is crazy. Like they they recommend one teaspoon. So I think as we're going through this also, this ascension, we call it an ascension process. Where it's really an incen- incension, the spirit awakening inside the body. We're physically handling a lot of stuff is going on. Um, and so these are three things that I do without fail um, that keep my body very, very healthy um, in general, says the girl who's speaking to you with a little chest infection. Um, so anyway, uh, I think that's about it today, you guys. I know it's really long. This may be the longest podcast I've ever done, but, um, it's also the first podcast that I've done from bed, which is controversial in and of itself. Um, so anyway, uh, just want to mention Rich and I are off to Ireland, July 24th to the 31st. We're going to an amazing villa in South Cork. I found this villa because I played at my dear friend's Tara's wedding there a couple years ago. Some of you may have remembered. You may have seen my Instagram. I got to play uh, and sing in this sacred forest in which she was married. And when I saw this location, I just fell on the ground in complete bliss. Uh, Danny, her husband, who's a location manager, found this this manor. It's a it's an old, uh, you know, kind of like manor house in the south of Ireland on 90 acres. Uh, a lot of the accommodations are glamping tents. Uh, but there's a, a main house with a all this historical, you know, drawing room and a grand piano and a beautiful dining room. And we have a pub on site, a dance room, um, a yoga barn, uh, kayaks. It's it's like a little slice of heaven on earth. So anyway, we are going there. We're really looking forward to it. Um, It's going to be amazing. And uh, the week will be full of transformation, laughter, amazing plant-based food. And our dear friends, David and Stephen from the Happy Pair in Ireland are coming down to spend the week with us. So if you think, or actually it'll only be for like two of the days, but we'll be there for a week. So if you feel like this is your divine appointment, uh, we have a spot for you. Please go to our plantpowerworld.com, email, email Mel, our producer, and we'll look forward to sharing that experience with you and about 35 other individuals. So anyway, uh, that's it for this week. Uh, I'll upload a healing technique probably when I'm feeling a bit better. And until next time, uh, please remember that even if no one else believes in you, that I believe in you to find your own way home. How could it be otherwise? You are a divine emanation of God. Until next week, I'm sending you lots of love and healing and blessings to you and your loved ones. Namaste.